Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. Good morning, everybody. Okay, it's your third service, I know. <laughs> Pastor Lionel has been to three services, right? Amen. How, how many of you here in this new year are in a new job? New job. Okay. Could you please stand up? We're going to pray for you. New job, stand up. Okay. How many of you are transferred to a new department? We're going to pray for you as well. How many of you? And how many of you here? Uh, please stand up. Please stand up. We're going to pray for you. Please stand up. And how many of you here, your company or your organization is going to launch a new product this year? A new product. Okay, please stand up. How many of you, your organization is going to pivot, new line of business, new direction? Please stand up. We're going to pray for you and your organization. Anybody else? Okay. So, Father, we pray for all those. Uh, church, let's, let's pray for them. Father, we pray for all those who are standing up right now. And we pray, Lord, as they take this step in a new job, in a new department, Lord, as they have a product launch, as this organization pivots and changes course, Father, we pray, Lord, that every single one who's standing up, Lord, would be an asset to their organization. And we pray, Lord, would you supply all their needs, Lord, as they learn a new job, as they learn a new role, as they learn a new line of product, a new line of business. And we pray, Lord, that, um, that all these members of ours, these sisters and brothers, Lord, would drink deeply from you and, Lord, would be an asset and add value and add strength to their team and their organization. And we pray, Lord, that we will hear good reports from them. Father, we pray, Lord, that every day, Lord, they will seek you for wisdom, for insight, and they will give solutions, Lord. They will make a difference in their organization. And we pray, Lord, that as the river flows in their life individually, Lord, that the river will also flow in wherever they are in the marketplace. And today, we commission them as missionaries in the marketplace. And they will go forth, Lord, and do great exploits as they look to you, as you fill their tank. So, Father, fill their tank. Lord, fill them, Lord, with everything that they need for godliness and for good things and for, for their work as well. We bless them in Jesus' name. And all of us say, Amen. Okay, so that was not part of the sermon. That's just something we, we want to pray for those uh, in this new year. And I should pray for you last week, but last week was a very long message as well. So today I took the chance to pray for you. Now recently, I read a story in The New Yorker on the career moves of the movie action star Jeremy Renner. And he played Hawkeye in the Avengers franchise. And, and this story drew attention uh, to Renner's attempt to go from his career as an actor to a career in music. I've, I've got a photo for you. The author of this story reflected that this is common for successful musicians to try to be actors and successful actors to try to be musicians. And he's trying to be a musician. And, and so she wondered why this was so common. And she wrote, maybe when a celebrity achieves some kind of fame 
and, and finds it lacking. It's normal to think maybe this is the wrong kind of fame. And they try to find fame through another medium. And then she adds this statement. Renner reminds us that our quest for satisfaction is truly endless. Our quest for satisfaction is truly endless. Yes, we have physical desires, taste buds, sleep, our sexuality. These are wonderful things. It's part of our life. And our mind is also wonderful. Our mind can grow and flourish even when the body slows down. Even when the body deteriorates, our mind can grow and flourish. But Renner reminds us that we know deep inside there's something more. The holistic view of the human being is that we are made of three components, the body, the mind, and the spirit. We are not a one-dimensional being. And that's why deep inside we are yearning for things like love, joy, and peace. And with that, little peace on satisfaction, let me come back and bring us back to the series, Let the River Flow. Last Sunday, we spoke about the river of God from Ezekiel 47. And today, we're going to learn how to flow in that river. And this is the new season that our church is in. This is our new journey. And there's resonance that this river needs to flow in our church and in our life. Today, my sermon is titled, Rivers from the Heart. The human body is 65% water. So water is life-giving. Water for drinking is a symbol of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And today's scripture is a promise from Jesus that we can live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we can experience the consistent fullness of joy in Him that flows from our heart. I'm going to invite you to stand up and please um, let me read this scripture to you. Now, I normally use the NIV, so uh, I, I find that the, the New Century Version is quite um, effective for this, this passage. So I'm, I'm going to read from the NCV. On the last and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. If anyone believes in me, rivers of living water will flow out from that person's heart, as the scripture says. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been raised to glory. But later, those who believed in Jesus would receive the Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that every scripture is inspired by you and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man and woman of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good thing. So Heavenly Father, we pray today, would you remove every distraction, that today we can hear the still, small voice of your Spirit, and we and our lives can be part of the larger story, that's happening in the world today as you are recreating heavens and the earth and preparing for your son to return. Father, help us to 
listen. Help us to see with our spiritual eyes and listen with our spiritual ears what you are saying to us about the river flowing. Father, today, as we about to sit down, we pray, Lord, speak to us and transform us. Lord, and let the river flow from our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. Rivers from the heart, John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. The Hebrew people celebrated three major religious festivals. And this one in the story is the Feast of Tabernacles, also called the Feast of Ingathering, because it celebrated the final great harvest of the year. And we are almost like that as well. We are waiting for the great harvest, the great end-time harvest that we are expecting in these end times. And today, this story is set in the last day of the feast where the priest would take basins of water and pour it down the giant marble steps of the temple. And it would look like a river flowing down. And it would remind the people of the river that flowed from the rock in the wilderness that supplied all the drinking needs of their forefathers. So this is what they were doing. And, and they, they would sing scriptures during that time. And one scripture is Zechariah chapter 14, verse 8. They would sing this in the festival. And, and let's show that scripture. And, and they would sing this. On that day, living water would flow out from Jerusalem. And this scripture summarizes Ezekiel 47, as you can remember. Half of it east of the, to the Dead Sea, half of it west to the Mediterranean Sea, in summer and in winter. This ceremony pointed to a time when rivers of living water would be poured out on God's people. But little did the people know that the rock that supplied water in the wilderness had come in human form to give them rivers of living water. And Jesus was the fulfillment of this ceremony. And all that he came to do and teach is to give our hearts with water with food to drink, uh, food to eat, that will satisfy us forever in eternity. And, and in this story here, he talked about a different kind of water, a different kind of satisfaction. And let's, look, let's join Jesus as he speaks about rivers from the heart. And the first thing here, number one, is Jesus is the source of living water. In verse 37 and 39, and so the question is, what is living water? Living water is experiencing the presence of the risen Christ directly through the Holy Spirit. It is experiencing the presence of the risen Christ directly through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is this living water from eternity that has come as an oasis of life-giving water to us. And so this is life, this is living water. And how do we get, where do we get living water? And Jesus came here, and when he ascended into heaven, then, then Pentecost happened, then the Holy Spirit came. He's been glorified, and today we have living waters. And I'll talk about this in point number two. But the, the question is that, what is the condition for us to get living water? The Bible says, if anyone is thirsty, the condition is spiritual thirst. It is this inner thirst within a spiritual longing for God, a spiritual craving for God 
there is a, this intrinsic connection between our heart and God. Just like our bodies need water to survive, like fish need water to survive, our bodies need oxygen to survive, our spirit needs the Spirit of God to survive. And that created in His image, our basic and most fundamental need is human personal contact with the Father. And He made us to, to run on Him just like the car is made to run on petrol. And the, and the, the, the psalmist writes in Psalms 42, verse 1 to 2, As a deer thirsts for streams of water, so I thirst for you, God. I thirst for the living God. When can I go to meet with Him? The panting of the deer, the panting of the deer is an audible agonizing for the waters when pursued by the predator. And once the deer is in the water, the, the predator can no longer detect the scent of the deer. So not just safe from the enemies, this deer in the water is able to quench its thirst with water. And in the same way, we talk about satisfaction spiritually, our most basic and fundamental need is experiencing a deeper dimension of God's presence when we long and when we thirst and when we seek. Inside us is this desperate thirst that nothing in this world can satisfy. It's a compassionate craving for something that we don't have right now. And this, this ache is a spiritual craving which has a spiritual satisfaction. But don't make the mistake as to what your heart is aching for and what gives your heart satisfaction. When I was growing up, the oldest of four children, I used to watch a lot of Disney cartoons and Looney Tunes cartoons. And one of the characters in the Looney Tunes cartoons is this character that for some reason or other finds itself in the desert without any water. And as the sun heats up, it becomes very hot and, and this guy becomes the first little character, he suddenly thinks he sees an oasis in the horizon. And the oasis has a few palm trees and a pool of water. And so this character in Luditunes would run towards the oasis that he thinks he saw and he would go and he would shovel water into his mouth. And once the mirage disappears, and the delusion disappears, he discovers he's shoving sand into his mouth. And, and I'm wondering to myself, what are you trying to find satisfaction in that's actually making you thirstier and thirstier? What is the mirage that you're chasing or the delusion that you're pursuing that's ending up making you thirstier and drinking sand in trying to fulfill your thirst. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, the prophet says, My people have uh, the Lord, the prophet says, My people have done two evils. Number one, they have turned away from me, the spring of living water. Number two, they have dug their own wells to drink sand. See, spiritual thirst is a different kind of thirst. And we don't always recognize spiritual thirst. So it becomes misdirected. 
and we go to substitutes. Success, fame, comfort, and luxury. And we try to fulfill our spiritual yearnings with earthly pleasures. And we discover that the more we consume, they can't satisfy these deep spiritual yearnings. And like the, the character of the Looney Tunes, we drink sand and wonder why we're feeling dehydrated. And the psalmist says in Psalm 63, verse 1, God, you are my God. I search for you and I thirst for you like someone in a dry, empty land where there's no water. So we thirst for this living God and our spiritual thirst is proof that our being is created for spiritual water. And when one drop of living water falls on this parched land of our heart, it becomes a stream. And this stream is ever fresh because it's constant of the constant flow. And maybe today, you are feeling a little bit of desire for Jesus. And you and I need to recognize that as spiritual thirst. And then go to Jesus as our living water. And as you go and taste that the Lord is good, you recognize your spiritual thirst can, become, can grow deeper and can become stronger. But the first thing today, I want to emphasize about, is about thirsting and Jesus as the source of living water. The second thing I want to talk to you about today, number two, from verse 37 and 38, is that living water quenches spiritual thirst. So where do we get this living water? I alluded to this earlier on, is that Christ promised to give to all who trust Him. And He promises to satisfy our spiritual thirst with the Holy Spirit. And only the Holy Spirit can satisfy our thirst for eternity. Only the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread that gives life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He says, come and drink. So, what is drinking from Christ? I understand drinking from water, but what is drinking from Christ? It is, it is trusting Him as the only way to God, and it is the, relying on Him as the giver of life and the one who satisfies our heart. So when we place our faith in Jesus, we open our heart to Him and the Holy Spirit comes in and lives in the deepest and the most personal parts of our heart. And He gives, He makes us spiritually alive and He recreates our being. And so this, this here, what I'm saying is we come to Christ, we drink by faith. We open our hearts, He comes in to the deepest, most parts. And like three chapters earlier in John 4, living waters came in and the Samaritan woman found that her deepest needs were met and she was changed. So this in John chapter 4 and, and here as well, John 7, 37, is the initial drink of Jesus. And that is the story of spiritual birth and salvation. So some of us here have not had that initial drink. But we open our heart and the Holy Spirit comes like a river and God changes our life. 
And that's the story of salvation. St. Augustine said, the thirst quenching living water of the Holy Spirit, I've got a slide for you, we receive in this life is a foretaste of the full satisfaction we will find and drink deeply of it in the life to come. And now, I want to speak also to those of you who have had that first drink. That means you're in the river. Maybe ankle, maybe knee, but you're in the river. And in the original Greek, in this verse here, Jesus is actually saying, drink of me and keep on drinking. In the original language, it is, an, it is a present imperative, meaning that to, he's saying, keep coming to me and keep drinking. That's what he's saying. So our need is to continually drink, to continually experience the continual flow. And church, we have a lot to drink before we feel full. Some of us, some of us, we drink infrequently. And I want to tell you about this, uh, this, this suitcase or this luggage cabin bag that I have. When my wife and I traveled a lot for church planting uh, a few years back, uh, we had to pack a lot of things because our, weeks, our trips were about two weeks long, especially when we went to the Northern Hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere, but it, it snowed a lot. The hardest was, uh, you remember those days in Oslo, Norway, and Chicago, the coldest places on planet Earth. And so we would have to pack a lot of clothes, winter gear, toiletries, Gifts for our church planters, our missionaries, and their families for two weeks, Diana and I. So initially, I would pack this our cabin bag. We got larger bag for the luggage. And I would pack the bag, and I would tell my wife that, that it's full. And she would look at it, and she says, it's not full. And she would pack everything until it was so full, my new role from then onwards was not packing, but sitting down to close this bag because it was so full. And the Lord, the Lord said to me, like, this is full. I want you to be full of me, full of the river, and so full that you can't even close it. We drink infrequently. We come infrequently. And we are wondering why we are dehydrated. See, Christ, in Christ, God has given us everything. And some of you are wondering, if we have Christ, we have everything. If I have the ankle deep, why do I ask for more? We cry out for more because we have everything in Jesus, because we are crying out for the revelation of what we already have. So it can be made alive in the places in our lives that are not yet consumed with God's presence. Our desire is for the fullness of His presence, the river, to occupy every place in our body, mind and spirit so we can fully reveal Him on earth. And the thing about this is that it's a cycle. As, we, as Jesus fills us and we have to sit on it, because it is so full. As He fills us, He's asking us to give more of ourselves. So it's a cycle. It's not just asking for more of Him. It's asking for more of us. 
And so, so it, for us, it is total surrender, not just at the ankle. Then you go down to the knee and to the waist, the overhead. That we offer ourselves as living sacrifices all the time. That He will come and fill us, body, soul, and spirit. So as we offer ourselves fully, is when He will come and fill us, body, soul, and spirit. And so living in this river is a lifestyle of surrender in everything that we do. My first thing early on was about thirsting. And here it's about drinking. Drinking until we are full. And living is like drinking, it's like surrendering until everything that we do, say, think and purpose. Until we drink, we say, we think, we purpose. All those things until He is enthroned in us. And He rests in us and He's revealed in and through us. See, our hearts are being transformed. And it is in the most inward places we are, we are crying out for God. God, come and fill, fill me until like this. And heal me and restore me. Let everything that is not of you be burned up so that only your Son can be revealed through and in me. So we are thirsting. I'm praying for real life. I'm praying that there will be a church that will be thirsty. They will recognize our thirst. And we continue thirsty. I'm praying for real life here that we'll be drinking frequently, continually, to experience a continual flow until we are full, until every aspect of our life, our body, soul, and spirit is alive with the presence of God, that we can experience the presence of the risen Christ through the Holy Spirit. Our hearts are quenched with the living water. We are created to live on living water. So river life, come, drink, and live. The third thing I want to say to you from this passage is number three is living waters will flow from our heart. See, we're thinking of thirsting. A church that's, that's drinking and a church that's, that sees rivers flowing out. So there's, there's, there's thirsting, there's drinking, and it's flowing out. And so this number three here. A shift has happened from verses 37 to 38. A shift, a change has happened. So in verse 37, living water was going to the believer. In verse 38, the living water is flowing out of the believer. In verse 37, Christ is quenching the thirst of the believer. In verse 38, He is making the believer the channel of the Holy Spirit to quench the thirst of others. So in verse 37 is the indwelling or the salvation, the first drink, and now we have the baptism or the, the infilling and the outflowing of the Holy Spirit. So we're seeing two things. There's a shift here. In John 4 as well is the indwelling. But here, we're talking about the infilling, the outflowing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this flow, it goes from Jesus' heart to our heart. And from our heart to others. So the flow goes from Him into our heart and to others. So the life in the Spirit overflows. And it spills 
out in praise to the Lord and also in impact to others. Now, now the question I want to ask you today, I know you're in the river, many of you. I know you're already in the river. The question I want to ask you today is, have those rivers of living water from heaven been poured down upon your life? Because you can be 100% saved, but only walking 30% in His presence. You can be 100% safe. You're in the river for sure, for sure. Ankle deep, whatever, knee. But only walking 30% in His presence, in His power. The question is this. Have you personally experienced the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? This outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not doubting that you're in the river. I'm asking about the initial, not just the initial, but the subsequent drinks. That's what I'm asking you. And if you have not experienced this, I'm inviting our cell groups to pray for you this coming week. Now, now here, I want to make a distinction here between cycle and sequence. And so the order, because people think that, you know, I must get zapped first and then it flows out. So the order is not always, um, the, next, the next slide, the order is not always getting filled and then flowing out. Because the fullness of the Holy Spirit is also because of our giving to others. So it's a cycle. It's not a sequence. And I'll talk about this a bit later about a cycle. So the overflow of our heart for others is an essential part of living in this flow and this fullness of the Holy Spirit. So it is not that our cell group or my life going to be perfect and then we can go out. But it is actually a cycle. The overflow of our heart for others is part of the fullness. Now let me talk also a bit about what does it mean for the rivers to flow out from our hearts? What does that mean? For some people, it means just the anointing, the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I want to give some perspective on this. When the rivers flow from our heart, there are two things, and it's important to balance these two things. The first thing is godly character flows out from the indwelling Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It develops in us. And we grow to become more like Jesus. And loving character flows out from us. And we have a sweet spirit. When someone steps on our toe, what comes out is sweet, not nasty. That's the fruit and the character of godliness. So that's what flows out. And the second thing is not just spiritual fruit, it's spiritual gift as well. Second thing is actually becoming a life-giving channel to others. So drinking living waters transforms our lives. And it also positively impacts others. So not only we have a good attitude, good heart, but also there's anointing to proclaim Jesus with the spiritual gifts He and trust in our lives. And, and I want to, one application for us is to share our faith. Because God's life flows out from our mouths and penetrates the hearts of unbelievers. And they encounter Jesus and they follow Him. I mean, for example, you're in the office and, and you see in the parking lot, there are these car parks. And the car parks have names for, for the big, big, big guns, right? The, the CEO and, and all those 
big guns. And, and, and when you see these big guns in the corridor, in the, in the walkway, you say hello to them, and they say hello to you, you, you know their names. They don't know your name. But you work in the same project team as Molly. And Molly is two levels above you, but you're in the same project team. And over lunch, you told Molly about the miracle with your daughter. And Molly is like, she's saying, wow. And now she's suddenly spiritually open for conversations. And you're wondering, Lord, how do I continue to sow into Molly's life? And not just Molly, but the rest of the organization. And one day, you go into the lift, Molly's in the lift, and the CEO is in the lift. And Molly knows the CEO because, you know, she's like closer uh, up, up to the, this, this part here. And you're like here. And Molly say, boss, did you hear about Sally? And, and the, the boss says, uh, which, which division are you from? And, and Sally, and you, you, you tell the boss, I'm from this division, this department, this section. Oh, yeah, great. Glad to, glad to, to know you. And Molly starts telling the CEO, in the lift, non-Christian to non-Christian, about the miracle in your life, your daughter's life. And the CEO is like, wow, this happens in the real world? And the boss says to Molly, hey Molly, set up a lunch, you know, I, I have some questions for you and for Sally. Lay hands on the sick. The Holy Spirit within us releases a river to flow into that person's life for healing. Speak God's word and it releases life. Some of you here can rise up. You can rise up and help other people grow spiritually. You can rise up and invest in marriages, be a marriage mentor. Some of you can rise up and mentor our youths in the youth ministry. You can speak the word of life and people will change. The river of God is about to flow from God's church because a river needs to flow. Some of you here are wondering, now, why is it that I have the Holy Spirit within me because I am in the river, but I'm not feeling the flow and I'm not feeling these rivers from my heart. Last Sunday, I asked you a question as well about God's river. Now I'm asking about the river from our heart. Why is it that if I have had the initial drink of Jesus, why is this thing, this river not flowing out from my heart? And last week, I explained to you um, that the world is around us, that the enemy is against us, our own nature is within us, but I want to just talk about the context of this scripture, is this, is that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And He patiently guides us to walk with Him. Now in part 5, we'll talk about this a lot more, but today I want to quote Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. And the NIV says it very well. And the NIV says that um, if we're living by the Spirit, we have to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And we, we learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit to teach us to obey the Word of God, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we may have the Holy Spirit within us. Yes, we may even be baptized, be, have this influence of the Holy Spirit, but 
We are learning to walk with Him day by day in step with the Holy Spirit. And when He tucks our heart, when He nudges, when He prompts us, we listen and we obey. To keep in step with the Holy Spirit is a moment-by-moment surrender of yourself to Him. You know, it's not just, um, well, I'm in the water, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the ankle deep, and that's it. It's a moment-by-moment surrender to Him. And here, when fear comes and tries to imprison us, the Holy Spirit prompts us to remind us He's in us. We are not subject to fear. When we feel drained by the stress and busyness of life, He refreshes us with joy and peace as we drink from Christ. When our own nature rises its ugly head and then we have impure thoughts, self-centeredness, and rage, quickly confess to Jesus, turn from this and ask the Holy Spirit to purify our mind, our hearts, and our actions. And as we learn to walk with Jesus consistently and to obey Him, the fruit will grow. The anointing will grow as well. You see, when Jesus comes in, living waters flow out and they keep flowing. Now, here's the cycle of life. A good river doesn't end. A good river pours into the ocean and then the sun evaporates the water. It gathers into clouds. It's carried by the winds. It forms rain, and the rain brings the the river once again. So it's a cycle of life. It's not a sequence. It's a cycle of life. So as we ask for more of God, so full that we have to feel like that, as we ask for more of God, God is at the same time asking for more of us. As we ask for a deeper encounter of the risen Savior, the Lord is asking us to surrender as well. And the privilege we have is that we continually experience His presence through the Holy Spirit and through the gathering of God's people for worship, instruction, and sending out. See, ours is a lifetime of divine encounters and a lifetime of a response of obedience within a community where we experience the prompting, the nudging, the tugging of the Holy Spirit to move away from self-centeredness to other-centeredness, to become a Trinitarian community. They were truly other-centered and not self-centered, continually experiencing His presence. So, my last slide today is that Jesus promises those who keep coming to Him and who keep drinking and trusting Him where rivers of living waters flowing from Him or from her from their hearts. And what is your response to the promise of Jesus today? I want to ask you as your pastor to honestly assess as to how true this is that rivers are flowing from your heart. And if it is not true, I want to urge you to come and drink because He will give you a river they will never run dry. A river that will help to handle the problems and the struggles of life. 
some of you have not opened your heart to Jesus yet. You have not had that initial drink even, that first drink of Jesus. Let me say to you that He has paid the price for your sins, that you can come into the presence of the Father. And what happens now is today, I want to encourage you to turn away from your sin and yourself and come to Jesus and take that first drink by faith. And that you will get Christ and He will never leave nor forsake you. The rest of you here have had the first drink. The rest of you here, you've had a few drinks of the Holy Spirit. But some of you here are dry and some even dehydrated. And there's three things I want to say to you today. Number one, I want to encourage you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just the initial drink, but to be experience the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, at, the, at the front of your section, there are pastors and elders. You can respond after the service. We can pray for you. The second thing I want to encourage you is to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And that, that means walking, listening to Him as you obey the Word of God. Because He will always lead you to obey the Word of God. So always live in a lifestyle of obedience. And that's why there was an announcement early on about becoming part of a local church. So we can encourage each other to obey and to love Jesus. Third thing is to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now your river in your heart needs entrances. And those entrances are the means of grace. The means of grace is scripture, prayer and worship, fellowship with other disciples and witness. So how we drink he has given us means of grace. There are entrances into that river of yours. So as you thirst, as you drink by means of grace, scripture, prayer, worship, community with disciples, witness. Drink daily. Today, I want to pray for two groups today. And today, I want to ask you, if you are thirsty, I want to ask you to stand up and I'll pray for you. If you're thirsty, stand up, I'll pray for you. Church, if you're thirsty, stand up, I'll pray for you. The first group are those of you here who have never had their first drink. The second group are those of you here you need the continual drink. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Would you open your hands, everybody? Uh, those who are standing, you're, you're... I'm going to pray first for those having the first drink. You're having the first drink. You're asking Jesus to come into your life as you open your heart. Heavenly Father, awaken my thirst, O God. Awaken my thirst for you. Today I come and I drink from your Son. And as I drink from your Son, I don't get a drink, but I get a stream 
a stream that will never run dry because of your continual flow. Father, as I come into your presence through your Son, cleanse me with your river. Wash me and strengthen me to live for Jesus every day of my life. I pray this in your Son's name. Amen. If you followed me in that prayer, uh, I want to invite you later on, talk to somebody who can help you take the next steps in your, in your life. Let me pray for those of you here who are Christians. We've had the initial dream. Father, I pray. I pray for all those who are standing up, who are thirsty for you. I pray, Lord, that give us an encounter of you. Give us who you are in our lives and fill us to overflowing. Heavenly Father, keep us thirsty. Keep us longing. Give us an insatiable thirst for your presence. Remove cynicism, skepticism. Keep us thirsty. And keep us coming to Jesus to drink, continually drink. And as we drink, go out and help others drink from the rivers from our heart. Lord, burn up everything in us, Lord, that's not of you that Jesus can be seen, can reveal Jesus. Father, we pray that in every aspect of our life, our body, soul and spirit, there is not a life with, a, with your presence fully. Father, come and invade our inner sanctum as we surrender to you, Lord. Fill us, O oh God, to overflowing and let those rivers help others, we pray. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about River Life Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or head on over to riverlife.org.sg. God bless and have a great week ahead.